You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained, of course. Hey, guess what? I'm sure you have figured out by now that I am not Michael Spinella, but uh, don't worry. He's going to be back again next week. I uh, am happy to be here in his place just temporarily. My name is Amy Johnson. I'll be your host for today's show for episode 264 of the Canadians Connection podcast. And of course, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the founder and president of Rocket Sports and the site editor for the Hockey News Montreal team site. He is Mr. Rick Stevens. And how are you doing today, sir? Doing great. Uh, welcome back. Glad that Thank you're here you. in the hosting chair. And um, you mentioned Michael Spinella. Uh, he'll be back in the second segment. Uh, oh, that's we're, true. Yes. Yeah, we're doing that's our right. big... 10 bold prediction show and we get the whole team together to do that the rocket sports panel for the 10 bold predictions and uh, you mentioned the hockey news um yeah we're excited for this season because the rocket sports team is on the hockey news montreal thn.com slash montreal and uh we're excited to get this thing going absolutely Um, uh yeah uh finally the preseason is coming to an end. Thank God. And game, it's even, it's, I said to you to before matter. we started that it, it's even shorter for the Habs this year. They only have six preseason games. And I'm already like, can we just get on with it? Could we just make a four preseason games? Because, all right, I'm at the point where I'm like, I, I don't I don't care anymore. Just make your decisions and let's, let's make things count. Let's go. Yeah, the uh, Canadians, uh, I don't know how exactly that happened, but down to six preseason games from eight. Other teams still have eight, the Ottawa Senators, who they'll be meeting on um, Saturday night. It'll be their eighth preseason game, and that's yeah, much, much too long. Absolutely. Well, we have lots to cover today, that's for sure. We're going to get you caught up on all of the latest news about uh, any roster updates, training camp, uh, look a little bit at some Canadians prospects. Laval started their training camp this week. We'll get you kind of caught up on what's happening down in the AHL. Um, and also uh, we're going to, we're going to take a look back and and bring you some of our quotes from our exclusive interview that we had with former NHL goaltender, Marty Biron 
just not too long ago, really, just in, uh, at the end of the summer, um, he spoke to us about a number of things related to, to goaltending in the Habs, but uh, in particular, Caden Primo. And uh, with Caden Primo being, you know, one of those decisions left to be made for the Habs, it was high. It was a perfect time to uh, to remind you of some of the things that an expert in the field had to say about Caden Primo. So that's going to be really fun here in the first segment. In the second segment, like Rick said, it's one of our favorite episodes of the year. Uh, Michael Spinella will be joining us uh, in the studio, and he and Rick and myself are laying it all on the line. Our 10 bold predictions for the Montreal Canadiens in the 2023-24 season. That's right. We're putting it all out there. Locking it in stone. Is that your final answer? Yes, it's our final answer. <laughs> uh, and we'll see at the end of the season just how close we come on all of those. So you're, you're definitely going to enjoy that. And, hey, it's one of those things you can play along. Uh, you, can, you can jot down your own answers to the questions we're going we're gonna to pose to each other uh, and see how right you are at the end of the season. Uh, and then finally, in our third segment, we'll get you caught up on everything that you might have missed uh, with the Rocket Sports Media team this week. Lots of different content in lots of different places. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure that you haven't missed any of that. We've got a special message for all of our listeners from our fantasy hockey commissioner mm-hmm. that you're not going to want to miss. It's that time. We've got a Canadians, quest, uh, Canadians Connection question of the week for you. We'll let you start thinking about it now. Where are the Habs going to finish this season? It's a straightforward question. Very straightforward. What place are they going to finish in the NHL this season? Start thinking about that. Um, And uh, we've got some great responses from some of our viewers and listeners from uh, last week's episode that we're going to bring to you. And, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a fun show today. Well, great. Uh, Don't forget, if you uh, would like to talk to us directly, if you'd like to throw your name and comment or or statement in the in the in the hat for us to potentially read on a future episode well you're going to want to reach out to us directly the best way to do that of course is to text us anytime at the rocket sports text line you can do that at 5853rocket again that's 5853rocket uh drop us a text 247365 uh and we'll be glad to hear from you also, be sure you're following this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And, of course, visit our website at CanadiansConnection.fm. Uh, we've got a full – not only can you subscribe to the podcast there, uh, also in the player that you're currently listening to it on, uh, or if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, but um, – you can also go back, uh, our full archive of the podcast is there as well at canadiansconnection.fm. So if you happen to miss any of those exclusive interviews that we had over the summer, it's a great place to go catch up on all of those things before the season officially kicks off. Great advice. All right. So as Rick said, uh, the final game on the Habs six-game preseason schedule is going to take place on Saturday night in Ottawa. Uh, they faced off in the last, since since. Since everyone last met here on the Canadians Connection, uh, they've played two games, both against Toronto. Uh, one of them was the second of the back-to-back at the Bell Center against Toronto. Uh, that was on Saturday night of last week. And boy, Rick, that was a rough outing for Montreal again, dropping that one 3-1 to to Toronto. Even though Toronto iced a really low-end roster, it was a lot of prospects and auditioning and evaluation kind of lineup for for Toronto none of their big guns um and Montreal really struggled 
Yeah, it was uh, the second night in a row, um, second game in a row. Toronto won both of those back to back on the Friday and Saturday, and and in both games the Leafs uh, dressed an inferior lineup. Um, uh, the Canadians had a hard time getting things going, mm-hmm. um, although. Uh, the top line with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, the auditions continue, and it was Alex Newhook's um, turn. He added some speed, and and uh, he was a little feisty on that that lineup, which uh, <laughs> doesn't hurt at all. Um, I thought Caden Gooley had a terrific game. Sam Montembeau did not, um, and and yes, they they dropped that one three to one. Then they headed out for their first road game of the preseason on Monday night, traveling to Toronto to take on the Leafs for the final time in the preseason. Um, it was three to one. No, we're not. <laughs> Just keep saying that. <laughs> we're, yeah. n- we're not flashing back to 2021. We weren't. We're not. Um, it's the fact that he, um, it started out really Really, it was looking a little dire there for the Canadians uh, to start this game because this time Toronto did ice some of their big guys. Uh, Austin Matthews was out there. Mitch Marner was out there. William Nylander was out there. Um, And so Toronto was kind of making quick work of, of Montreal, but... Kudos to the Canadians. They found a way to uh, get some life in their game, tied it up, and uh, Captain Suzuki coming through very early in the OT uh, for Montreal to finally get a win 5-4 to four in overtime against the Leafs. Jake Allen with the win in uh, goal, and and yeah, this let's be honest, the Canadians uh, didn't have their best game. They they were the second best team on the ice that night, yeah. but but fortunately they persevered, had a good third period. Kirby Doc with a really important goal at the end of the second period, um, and then he assisted on the tying goal in uh, the final minute. Suzuki in overtime, as you said, and uh, yeah. Like like celebrating a win in Toronto. Yeah, that's always fun. Uh, so the Canadians are two, three, and zero in their exhibition games. They've got one more on the calendar. That's Saturday night against the Ottawa Senators in Ottawa. The Senators have actually been tearing up their preseason. They are six and one uh, in their preseason. Uh, so it'll be. It's going to be interesting for a couple of different ways uh, to see how this last preseason game goes. Um, Montembeau's back in net. Matheson's back from injury. Uh, the auditions on the top line with Caulfield and Suzuki continue. They're putting Rafael Harvey-Pernard on the first line with them tonight, which right. I think is a... Now, now we're just getting a little silly, in in all honesty, in my opinion. But okay, the fans will love it. It'll be entertaining. Have at it. Um, Ottawa, on the other hand, recalled six guys from Belleville the, uh, early on Saturday morning, and they are basically icing like an AHL lineup. There are none of their regular starters are going to be in the lineup on Saturday night. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, none none of their their regular starters are are there. Um, I, I guess with a six and one record in seven games, they figure they've learned everything they need to learn, and they I guess. did their. Um, ensuring that there's there's no in injuries, but that's an ugly looking lineup for for Ottawa uh, on Saturday night, including um, Igor Sokolov, who was who had to clear waivers, on waivers early this week. And, and and cleared waivers, um, which might have been a surprise. Bernard Docker uh, grabbed, um, but he yeah he's playing on the top line uh, for Ottawa. Um, for the Canadians, uh, you know, a, a two and three uh, record so far in in the preseason. 
I think the one thing there is you look at the 13 goals for. Uh, the games have been close. They've only given up 16, but 13 goals for, uh, that's that's not very good. That's um, the, the Senators. Now they've had a couple of extra games. They're at 23. Um in the in the division, uh, that's that's the weakest offense mm-hmm. uh, in the Atlantic for the Canadians. So that kind of signals that that might be um, a little bit of a problem um, coming this season, especially given given that for the most part, um, Montreal has only faced one. Um, serious NHL lineup and that was Monday night that's right uh, and just to clarify Bernard Docker did clear waivers as oh, well as Sokolov it was Lassie Thompson who was claimed uh, off of waivers you're right by you're, right, you're right thank um, you no thank problem you for that. don't 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 mean to correct you just want to make sure we're giving the right information out there there was one of them yeah. it was well, one of those senators guys <laughs> you know do uh, I cover the senators no, no. I don't <laughs> <laughs> all right so um as far as injuries and roster news, uh, just mentioned it really. Mike Matheson uh, apparently done with his minor injury. He'll be back in the lineup, which is good news. Um, and training camp, really, um, things kind of... I What I think was the weird thing about training camp was kind of related. Montreal had almost 50% more players at camp than any other NHL franchise. I mean, over 70 guys started with 72. Yeah. And they, instead of like a trickle of cuts throughout camp, they just waited and axed everybody like half the camp in 24 hours last weekend. It was absolutely insane. And not all at once. It was, well, these couple of guys went on waivers and then these 26 guys got released and then, Oh, we've got some more guys on waivers and Oh, like (laughs) it's just, it was, it's been bizarre. It was odd. It was odd. Uh, so now the the smaller roster, much closer to to opening night, uh, has been in Montremblant for th- the past three days, doing some on ice practice. Um, you know, interacting with fans, and also a bit of a, a team building retreat as well. That's right. Um, it, it's it, it's it's good for the the group to get away to to be together, especially with uh, a number of new players um, that can get introduced to the group. Um, they were able to have dinners together at a pretty fancy resort and um, have a, a golf tournament. And uh, Chris Weidman, Nick Suzuki put together teams. They they tried to do it scientifically so that <laughs> the handicaps all match. And it was it was uh, fairly even. It was Jake Allen's team who won the event. Jake Allen with Josh Anderson, uh, Matthias Norlander, and Caden. Primo, so the two goalie team ended up uh, wow. w- winning the uh, the match, um, and voluminous prizes, I'm sure. Um, but also, uh, the Canadians got a chance uh, to play to practice in a a small arena. Um, it was jammed with 500 fans uh, in Mont Tremblant. Um, and, uh, and, and nobody went to school in that town <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, that day. And, uh, Cole Caulfield, uh, was, was pretty excited as, as were the other Canadians to see all the fans there supporting, um, their favorite team. Yeah. I mean, I told them to get back to class, but they obviously didn't leave. Um, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, just to see, you know, how much they care about you and, um, the support that they give is pretty special. So um, we can't thank them enough. And again, we're just really supportive and, and happy for them that they could be here. 
Yeah, so it's, it's... No, you get back to class. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nobody listened um, at all. Uh, they were all there, and, and uh, over... Uh, the, the Canadians were there over three days, um, so the, the building was filled uh, for, for the two days of practices. It was, it was kind of fun to see. So uh, there will be, uh, as we said, their final preseason game tonight is the last uh, chance for evaluations to be made and the last chance to gather information to make uh, some pretty important decisions to get this team down to the 23-man roster that it needs to be on Wednesday night for opening night. Um, Just quickly, we'll mention the decision at forward is likely who's who's making it yes it went in emil heineman or tanner pearson um i mean i would love to say it's tanner pearson that goes to laval but i doubt that's gonna happen well remember vancouver uh said that they didn't have a spot for him on the roster they were prepared to send him to abbotsford yeah um so you know and we've seen uh, they've They've been putting Ullinen and Heinemann on the same line, kind of in competition with each other. They have them on separate lines for for uh, tonight's game against Ottawa. So we'll see how all of that uh, kind of works out. Um, the discussion about Yuri Slavkovsky is really starting to gain a lot of traction again, um, and probably not in a way that Yuri Slavkovsky wants to hear about. But um, you know, I've been vocal about it. We've been vocal about it f- ever since last year that he should have started in Laval to to adjust to the North American game. That didn't happen. Um, I had a feature article about it here on the Hockey News Montreal this week, which uh, my colleague Gustav here at Rocket Sports was kind enough to translate into French so that it is available in English and in French on THN.com slash Montreal for all of our readers. Um, But Nick Kiprios uh, was in the Slavkovsky to Laval camp uh, during the second intermission of Sportsnet's broadcast of the Habs-Leafs game on Monday night. Um, he had some pretty strong statements to make, Rick, uh, and 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 other people in the media are also starting to ask this question: Is you know is he best served by spending not the whole season, but just even a little bit of time in Laval to kind of get over the hump of the things he's struggling with? Yeah, it was a uh, discussion on TSN Overdrive. Mike Johnston, who uh, a lot of the Montreal fans uh, follow, O Dog, they they were in agreement that um, that Slavkovsky would be better served. Uh, in Laval and and playing uh, on um, a lot of minutes uh, and and getting you know working out all of the things that he needs to um, adopt uh, to the Montreal game and uh, to the North American game. Um, I, I think you know generally uh, to summarize the discussion is um, on Saturday night he's going to be on the second line um, with uh, Kirby Doc and and Alex Newhook, but once the uh, season starts, is he going to and and his, um, you know, if he continues playing the way he has in the preseason, is he going to be on the third line and and is he going to be playing what eleven twelve minutes a game, um, and is that is that helpful for his uh, development? I don't I don't expect that the Canadians are going to uh, start him in in Laval, mm-hmm. um, but you know. It, we're talking about what's best for uh, the young man, and um, Marty um, Marty Saint Louis was asked about the pressure on him, and uh, all he would say was that um, Slavkovsky puts more 
internal pressure on himself than than all the noise from outside. So uh, we'll see how that affects uh, how that affects him uh, starting the season. All right. And if you happen to miss my article, check it out. THN.com slash Montreal uh, called Should, Slifko- Should Canadian Slavkovsky Spend Time in Laval? Um, also, a, a decision needs to be made on the blue line, um, really coming down to Justin Barron, Gustav Lindstrom, and Matthias Norlander. Uh, I do notice that Lindstrom is on the top pairing for this mm-hmm. final preseason game, so um, I, I didn't think that he was overly exceptional the last time he played, so I think this will be a, 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 a good test as to what he can really bring up on that top pairing. Both he and Barron on, on the right side, uh, right shot defenseman. Uh, obviously Lindstrom with, with much more NHL experience, much more pro experience, mm-hmm. uh, than, um, Baron. Um, and, and we'll see what, what happens there. And of course you've got what's happening in goal. We know that there are three left. Jake Allen, Sam Montembeau, Caden Primo. Montembeau is starting, uh, tonight. He's Primo will be backing up. Allegedly Montembeau is supposed to get the full game. Mm-hmm. Um, really a decision needs to be made to just keep two of them. Uh, and if you're not trading, you know, Jake Allen or Sam Montembeau, then, then the obvious decision would be, I'm sorry, but you have to put Caden Primo on waivers. That's my opinion. Whether or not that's going to happen, Rick is still a huge question mark. We, we really, the, the decision hasn't been made yet. That's right. Um, and, and the, the preseason hasn't really resolved anything. Uh, can Sam Montembeau regain his confidence against a really weak, um, senators lineup possible? Does that mean anything? Maybe not. He, he's had a, he hasn't had a a very good training camp. Uh, Jake Allen's been the most consistent, uh, one soft goal the other night, but, but he's, uh, he's looked good in, in camp. Caden Primo has not, um, but there's still the option and, uh, looks like the Canadians might be leaning to keeping three goaltenders. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and, and maybe the, the calculation there is that, uh, they'll be able to trade Caden Primo for, for some value once the season starts. And once there's, there's injuries, uh, in the goalie market, that that's something they might decide. And, but but every decision has consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people say, "Oh yeah, let's let's keep them all." Well, you, you, can't, you do can't do that, do that because for the whole there's a, a 23. Well, in addition to finding enough practice time and net for all three of them, um, the, the, each team has a 23 man roster, and if you're keeping an extra goalie, uh, it means you're likely uh, keeping one fewer forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's already a logjam at forward that we've talked about. Yep. Um, you know, many have said maybe they'll uh, just keep uh, six defensemen because there's uh, there's no major road trips uh, in the month of October. That's always a possibility, um, but a little bit of a risky one. So um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that all pans out. Oh, I want these questions to be answered. Let's just get to that regular season. <laughs> uh, the other thing, of course, regarding the roster to start the season is the LTIR situation. And uh, our good friends over at Puckpedia actually just put out an article. Uh, they've run the calculations on LTIR scenarios for the eight teams in the NHL who will need to begin the season with players on LTIR. Uh, and, and Rick, the... The results are, are are pretty are pretty interesting mm-hmm. because there's there's more than one way to do this, and we remember that the Canadians last season put Carey Price. They're very fortunate to have uh, Carey Price's salary to to use. Last year they put him on 
um, preseason uh, LTIR, and and that gave them a chunk of money to go out and and bring in Sean Monahan. Uh, this season, uh, Kent Hughes, so he doesn't get into a, um, a messy bonus situation, has said the preference is uh, to put Carey Price's LTIR salary on on in to use it uh, in season. Um, so that means they have to get cap compliant uh, before the season goes. Uh, there are a couple of different scenarios, but uh, Puckpedia did a very good job laying out um, a couple of the most uh, promising ones. And, and listen, we've talked about uh, which player deserves to be in the lineup. This may have nothing. To, the final decision, keep that in mind when you say, well, why did why did this player go to, down to Laval? You didn't deserve it. It may be cost-related. It may be salary cap-related. It may have something to do with L- LTIR mm-hmm. because that... F- that factors into the decision-making too. So Puckpedia says that um, the Canadians um, can, um, you know, over the summer they could have built a roster uh, to up to $10.5 million over the cap. That was one of their options, using Carey Price's salary. They decided not to do that. There wasn't, they didn't want to add big dollars to um, to the roster, especially if it was going to continue past this season. So they decided that Carey Price's money will be used in season. Um, and also, um, they can build, um, and I'm going to quote here from the Puckpedia uh, article, they can build a roster of 23 healthy players that is just under Christian Dvorak's $4.45 million salary. So now there's three players who um, who are injured, Weidman, Price, and, and Dvorak. They can make use of Dvorak's money. Um, and the way they do that, um, Michael Pozzetta is designated as the 13, for, 13th forward. Uh, Pakpita suggests that that would mean that Norlander would be sent down um, because he's waiver-exempt. Mm-hmm. And they would keep waiver-eligible Caden Primo as the third goalie. Uh, mm. That's how they would... Uh, that's one uh, scenario. So we're looking at using um, uh, $4.45 million. Well, if you do make all those moves, uh, the Canadians would be $4.3 million over the cap, $57,000 away from optimizing their LTIR. Um, that's possible. Uh, he said then they could add... Uh, uh, in season, uh, Weidman and Price add them to LTIR, and they have eleven million dollars of cap space to use during the season. It, they're not. There's no way they're going to use that, no. but but they can. Um, anyway, there and there's another scenario, uh, putting both Dvorak and Weidman on on LTIR. Um, so the point of of the discussion here is just. Um, Decisions are going to be made over the next few days. Uh, they may have to do with performance. They may have to do with money. <sighs> lots of decisions to be made. Lots of different strategies. Lots of different ways to look at it. Um, and uh, I, I know that it'll be fascinating next week on the Canadians Connection podcast to then be able to kind of debrief what those decisions ended up being. Uh, lots to keep an eye on. Uh, of course, there are plenty of Habs prospects who are already playing hockey uh, in in different leagues all over the place, whether they're in the CHL or whether they're in Europe, if they're in the NCAA. Um, and so this week, uh, we've kind of been looking at one prospect a week uh, playing playing in one of those leagues. And this week, it's uh, we're heading over to the QMJHL. 
with a spotlight on goaltender Quentin Miller, who was one of the three goaltenders selected by the Canadians this summer in Nashville at the NHL 2023 entry draft. Um, and he is still playing for the Quebec Ramparts. Um, and, uh, well, last week, his perform- there's there's been two games, and uh, it's a very stark difference. <laughs> Thankfully, thankfully, it seemed to get better as the week went on. So let's get to our prospect report. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians prospects. So Quentin Miller, as you said, um, Quentin Miller is an interesting prospect taken uh, at the uh, uh, most recent draft. Uh, one of the goaltenders taken at the most recent draft. Uh, Quentin Miller didn't play a lot last year. He was not the starting goaltender. He is this year for the Quebec Remparts. Uh, remember, he was the guy that's that's uh, part musician. He put this, the playlist on Spotify. Fascinating guy. Um, yeah, on, on, uh, Sunday, um, the Remparts were in Shakutami, um, and, uh, it did not go well. Um, Quentin Miller was, uh, was pulled after four goals, four goals on seven shots at 1338 of the first period. Now, um, watch the highlights of this game. The first goal, there was a Shakutami forward that just blew past the Quebec defenseman. Uh, and bowled over uh, Quentin Miller, scored, and not his fault. Uh, second goal, uh, sh- shot, short side, should have had bad goal. Yeah. Third goal uh, was a, a kind of a weak point shot, uh, just flung at the net uh, that went through a screen. Mm, uh, I don't know about that one. And the fourth goal was uh, was a tough one too. So a tough start uh, for Quentin Miller there. However, he was able to get redemption on Friday night, uh, Quebec was back home um, and playing Valdor, and Quentin Miller just allowed one goal on 24 shots, and the Remparts uh, got a 3-1 victory. Um, so uh, that was that. That's I, I think uh, it's it's um, it's it's important to see how goaltenders bounce back. They, they're going to have bad games, mm-hmm. um, and uh, perhaps nervous in in the. In the first one, um, given that he hadn't played, given that he, he's now the starter, um, but his performance uh, against Valdor was um, was he played really well. Well, that's that's a that's it's a good sign. We like that. Uh, the Laval Rocket has their training camp underway. That kicked off on Monday, of course, uh, and uh, after their first of two preseason games, they have made their first round of cuts. Uh, cutting nine players, four forwards and five defensemen from camp uh, on Friday. Uh, A good amount of those are guys that were assigned to Trois-Rivières in the ECHL, uh, guys who were signed over the summer with two-way AHL, ECHL contracts. So those, a lot of those made plenty of sense to make those cuts and send them on their way down to the ECHL. Uh, The one for me, Rick, that, uh, really stuck out was the fact that Tice Milanic was one of the ones who was cut from uh, Laval's training camp 
leaving him without a contract right now to play anywhere for the 2023-24 season. If we remember, Ty Smolanek was was playing for Quinnipiac a couple of years ago, spent two years there, transferred to Wisconsin, uh, only played 14 games for Wisconsin last season, but was slated to go back there again this fall, uh, even as, as early as as late as development camp back in July. And then suddenly he showed up at rookie camp, <laughs> uh, apparently deciding to not continue his NCAA journey. It's just, it's been a little, it's been a little surprising the way things have gone for Smolanic the last couple of months. And who is Ty Smolanic? Well, we remember that he was acquired uh, in the Ben Sherratt uh, trade. Uh, there was a first round pick. That first round pick went to Colorado for uh, part of the uh, what was sent to Colorado for Alex Newhook uh, and um, Ty Smolanik, uh in that trade, in the um, Sherratt trade. Um, it, it's odd. Uh, well, he had one year of eligibility left in the NCAA. We know that NCAA players cannot attend um, by rule uh, uh, NHL training camps uh, so he gave up uh, that year of L- NCAA eligibility, uh, wanted to come to uh, the Canadians training camp and came without any kind of contract, wanting to prove himself, wanting to earn a contract. And um, well, it, it doesn't appear that way so far. Um, that leaves him kind of in limbo. And, and um, yeah, it's it's a series of odd decisions. And, and we know that... Um, as you said, just 14 games last year, and he took a mental health break. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm not sure what the future holds for him, if he'll try to sign on uh, with another team at this late date, um, or, uh, you know, a once very promising prospect. Um, and uh, seems that, um, you know, he's, he's uh, with his decisions, has ground himself into a corner here. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that one for sure. As I mentioned, Lavelle has played their first of two preseason games. Um, Neither one of their preseason games are open to the public, and neither one of them are streamed online. So if anyone was hoping to watch them, I'm sorry, but you're out of luck. (laughs) Uh, But we do have information for you. The first one took place in Toronto against the Marlies. Uh, Lavelle winning this one 3-1. to All four goals scored by both teams in this game all came on the power play, if that tells you how many penalties were in this game. Um. (laughs) Whoever... Whoever's scoring those power play goals, bring them up to the Canadians immediately who are, are dreadful in that department. Jared Davidson All scored right. two of them uh-huh. for Laval. Uh, two goals for Jared Davidson. Obviously, both power play goals. Uh, Riley Kidney with assists on all three Laval goals. Um, pretty pretty solid. Jakob Dobas was minding the net for uh, half the game. He did not let in uh, a single puck. Uh, Strauss man came in for the second half of the game. He was he was the one on goal when Toronto managed to get one puck into Laval's net. Uh, so both goaltenders doing doing a pretty decent job overall. Um, and so they will have one more game uh, on preseason game that is on Sunday in Laval against Belleville. Uh, that is Belleville at Laval at one o'clock on Sunday afternoon. And our own Chris G will be there. So we'll have uh, some updates for you on how that all goes down. Uh, you can find that at THN.com slash Montreal. And of course, coming soon, coming soon. If you're a fan, we've talked about Quentin Miller in the QMJHL. Uh, if you are a fan of 
Quebec Major Junior Hockey uh, and and uh, are looking for good English language coverage of the queue, uh, well, we're going to have the answer for you uh, coming soon uh, with a THN.com slash QMJHL site uh, nice. to, to be announced soon. So be sure to follow us at Rocket Sports. We'll be sure to have all of the uh, updates on that as they become available. You said there's there's no um, um, video, there's no um, uh, broadcast of the Sunday game for Laval. Uh, there, they will not be streamed. No, and and none on Thursday. So and there was I, not one on Thursday. No. Right. So I'd suggest that you need Rocket Sports more than ever. Yeah. <laughs> to to know about How these games. How else will you know? Exactly. How else will you know? <laughs> um, just uh, Jared Davidson. We've been on the Jared Davidson bandwagon. Um, trying to get him an ELC. He, the two goals, he got a game winner. Seven shots on goal, led mm-hmm. the Lavelle. Seven shots on goal. Interesting, though, and, and Kidney with a three assist, tremendous. Um, the Jan Meshack, who was criticized for not being a player who can provide offense, uh, had an assist in that game and was second on the team with four shots on goal. So oh. just like keeping track of that as well. going to keep track of that every game, I think. <laughs> All right, we talked about this at the top of the show. Uh, you know, we understand a lot of people kind of take a take a mental break from hockey over the summer. Maybe you missed some of our episodes of the Canadians Connection podcast over the summer. Don't worry. We're not mad. We're not going to hold grudge. Yeah. It's what our archive is for. As long as you go canadiansconnection.fm and go listen to all the episodes you missed over the summer, we'll be it's your homework. We'll be good. However, one of those exclusive interviews we had was with former NHLer uh, Marty Biron and had a lot of fascinating things to say. If you'd like to hear the entire um, interview, there was a lot that Marty talked about with us about the Canadians. Um, that is episode 253 of the Canadians Connection podcast. Um, and as we mentioned, you know, we don't know yet where Caden Primo is going to start the season and, and the Canadians are going to have to make that decision of what they're going to do with him and the goaltending situation in general very quickly in the next few days. And this was a topic, Caden Primo and his development, how he plays, how he looks, his potential, all of those things are, are topics that um, Biron touched on with us in, in our interview with him back in August. Um, and, and we just want to remind you of some of the things that, that he said. I mean, Marty Biron is an absolute expert on goaltending. He played the position in the NHL for a long time. He is an analyst for the Buffalo Sabres, and he runs a goaltending school. He knows what he's talking about. Um, and so, first off, he had this to say back in, back in August um, on, on the progression of Caden Primo's development from the time that he was back, uh, you know, in, in his younger days to where he's at now. And again, when it comes to development, and I know Caden Primo a little bit. I mean, obviously, I know his dad, Keith. And, and I remember being told when Caden was 14 years old and 13 years old, like, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. And he's extremely good. But I feel like his development has plateaued. It has plateaued over the last two years. It, it has not continued up the graphic, right? The line has not continued up. It has plateaued. So this was, um, and and we should say that that Marty Baron was on the show to talk about the Canadians' goaltending uh, structure, about about all the goaltenders, about the ideal goaltender, um, and as you said, uh, a complete expert. He has a detailed book on every uh, 
yeah, goaltender uh, in both the a- uh, NHL and AHL and and uh, and some of the the uh, prospect goaltenders uh, a, a book on on every goaltender and and um, as it, as he said uh, he knows Keith uh, pr- played with Keith um, and uh, has has followed Caden Primo for a long time since he was 14 years old. Um, Marty's got connections and. And what you don't want to see um, is is a, a goaltender who has reached a certain uh, point in their development, and then it just levels off, it and stalls, and yeah. and there's no further uh, growing, uh, no further growth. And and you know there there, you know Marty talked about there might be reasons for that with COVID and all those kinds of things, but it's it's still. Um, you don't get to put an asterisk beside your name and said, hey, wait a minute, but I didn't have. The same opportunity, you know. You you don't you you have to perform, and um, and he hasn't been doing that. No, he hasn't. So, one of the decisions that we've mentioned that that Ken Hughes and and Marty St. Louis and and Jeff Gordon have to make is whether or not they're going to expose him to waivers here in the next few days in order to send him down to Laval if they decide to not keep three goaltenders uh, on the Canadians roster. Um, well, Marty had something to say about that if if they do put him on waivers. I don't think the Canadians are worried that they would lose Caden Primo uh, if they had to put him on waivers to send him to Laval. So uh, he says they they, they, they they aren't worried about losing Caden Primo. I think, um, you know, the, the added part of that is I, I don't think they're willing to lose him for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least that's been the the posture that they've had that they would like to get a return rather than putting on putting him on waivers and um, and having him picked up for free by another team. Now, the team who picks picks him up would have to commit to having him as an NHL backup and for a boy, month. yeah, that would be that would be a big risk uh, for one of those teams. They would have to be in a desperate injury situation to uh, to make that move. So, a lot of it boils down to but I don't get it. Caden Primo looks okay when he's, and sometimes looks more than okay when he's playing in the AHL. Why is he, why is it not coming together for him when he goes to the NHL? And why is that probably going to be a big question for any team that could potentially have the opportunity to claim him off of waivers. And as Rick said, would need to keep him in the NHL for at least 30 days. Uh, Well, Marty did a really good job of breaking down Caden Primo's techniques and and the issues that seem to be kind of holding him back. I watch Caden Primo play, and I think that there's big, big deficiencies in his game. Um, I I don't think he's got the NHL speed, so maybe he's had good success at the AHL level, but then he gets to the NHL, and I think the speed is very, very evident that it's lacking. And I think he lacks athleticism, too. Now, people are going to say, oh, he's made some very athletic saves where he dives around or whatever. That's not really what I'm talking about. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about body control. I'm talking about being able to explode one way, and then all of a sudden, you have to plant an edge, you have to have body control, and you explode the other way. Like, I feel like so many times we see Caden Primo where he pushes one direction, and if the play's there, he's going to be in, in the right position. But if the play moves to another location... It takes a while for him to get there. So that's where the speed and the athleticism of goaltending is important. And I think he's he's behind in these two fronts. 
Excellent point by yeah. Marty. And and it shows the difference, I think, between the AHL and the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, that uh, Caden Primo can push in one direction and get there. Um, but and, and that works in the AHL. He, he can move from side to side and be there. But in the NHL, there's more skill, and oftentimes there is an extra pass. Uh, and if he has to go back uh, the other way, he doesn't have the athleticism uh, to do that. He doesn't have the body control uh, to be able to stop and move in the other direction. Speed for a goaltender, I know it sounds odd, uh, speed for a goaltender is is really important. And th- these are things that that uh, Caden hasn't progressed on. He hasn't developed He's, he's plateaued. Um, now, just keep in the back of your mind that he was tagged by his coach in, in college as uncoachable. Uh, and that's the reason he fell, really fell in the draft to the seventh round. Um, now, are some of those things, um, you know, coming out now? Uh, or um, is it just a matter of, of uh, you know, having been the, his prime development years happening in, in the COVID era? We don't know, but... Um, but obviously, he hasn't progressed to be able to, to uh, deal with the skill and speed of NHL hockey. Again, if you missed that entire interview, and it's a good 20 to 30 minutes long with uh, Marty Biron, be sure to head over to CanadiansConnection.fm and listen to episode 253. There was a lot that those three clips alone were well worth revisiting, uh, but there was a lot more content from that interview that you're, you're not going to want to miss. Uh, Moving just around now to some general news from around the NHL. Gary Bettman says, quote, the state of the league is very strong. (laughs) Yeah. And um, gavel hits, I suppose. Uh, Good news. NHL salary cap could increase by four and a half mil next season. That'd be a nice little jump. That's great news. Um, And and Gary said the uh, the escrow uh, that the players the res- players received more than the 50% of, of revenues. Uh, so there was there was escrow money owing, and it's taken a long time to to pay that back, especially in the, the revenue-reduced uh, years. Um, that's why the salary cap has remained flat. Uh, there's uh, Gary said there's about $50 million owing uh, yet, uh, but that'll be paid back. Uh, by the end of of this season, so as much as um, a four point five million dollar increase um, for next season, which will get the cap up to about eighty eighty eight million dollars. Raise your hand if you are a fan of NFL Red Zone, uh, which is quite popular with football fans to be able to just constantly get to watch every team around the NFL. Uh, as soon as they enter the red zone and you can see touchdowns happen all over the place. It's very popular. It is a very popular paid premium feature uh, that you can subscribe to. Well, the NHL is and, and ESPN are going to take their own version of NFL red zone for a test drive on October 24th. Uh, they're calling it the frozen frenzy. It's the night that all 32 teams are in action. And uh, Steve Buccigross is going to be the one hosting it for ESPN. And Rick, that's going to be, I like Red Zone. I like the concept of Red Zone, but goals happen a heck of a lot faster yeah. than touchdowns do. I think that is going to be, I, I'm, I am, I'm really curious to see how they can make this not chaotic. Um, 
uh, and and see how this looks. Or maybe the chaos is what attracts people. Uh, maybe, I, you, yeah, I don't you know. know. Uh, we already thought it was uh, chaotic that 32 teams, all 32 teams, would be playing on October 24th, and they have that staggered start. Every 15 minutes a yeah. game starts, uh, which is interesting. Uh, this kind of coverage is called whip-around coverage, where you just whip around from yeah. game to game to game to game. Um, it's going to be fascinating, and and I give ESPN credit for bringing it to hockey and trying it in, in hockey. It'll be on ESPN2, I believe, for our uh, folks in the States, and, and uh, really curious to see how this works out. You're looking at, you know, you have to constantly evolve how you grow the game in terms of broadcasting particularly, and... We know that, um, you know, people consume things a lot faster these days. And so, yeah, it's a great kind of it just test it out. If it falls flat, it falls flat. You move on. But if it takes off, who knows, might become a thing uh, in talking about testing things out and finding new ways to grow the game and reach an audience. Uh, if you are a hockey fan, I think anywhere, Canada's got its own broadcasting uh roadblocks for us in the u.s uh the big roadblock is that no streaming service offers the nhl network and the nhl network carries certain national games and junior games and world juniors and you know you name the draft and free agency and trade deadline you name it it's really difficult to find a place if you're a hockey fan to find just one place to have all of your hockey watching needs and the Vegas Golden Knights are going to try something new this year. They are offering a new digital streaming service called Nighttime Plus, where they're going to stream the 69 regular season games that aren't a national broadcast. So this is this is not including the 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 13 games that will be a national broadcast that anybody can catch. The other 69 regular season games are going to be offered in a streaming uh, digital streaming service package including the first round of the playoffs uh, called nighttime plus just from the Vegas golden Knights. This is, this is a really interesting concept, Rick. And I think people might start jumping on that train. Yeah, I think so too. Um, interesting for uh, Vegas fans, but even interesting for Montreal Canadians fans, because um, we know uh, that while there are, are three years uh, left on that massive contract. It was enormous uh, that was signed, uh, giving rights, um, the National Hockey League giving rights uh, to Sportsnet and TBS Sport um, for um, national ma- ma- national games for the, the Montreal Canadiens. RDS has some, some regional stuff as well. Um, and we heard, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast all summer, we heard from Pierre Carl Pelado. We know him as, as the, the media mogul in Quebec, uh, who has been trying to, uh, bring the, the Quebec Nordique to, uh, Quebec city. And that when he made this bid and secured this bid and won the bid for TV Aspor, uh, that his assumption was that the programming or part of the programming would be made up by uh, a Nordic team who would return to the, the NHL. And he interviewed over the summer on a radio station. Uh, we had it here on the Canadians connection said, um, listen, let's stop lying to ourselves. Uh, I don't think the NHL is ever going to come back to Quebec city. There's just too many other bigger markets 
that uh, are attractive um, and that can can do things that our small market in Quebec uh, does. So he and and in that interview, in addition to that wild news, he also said uh, we're losing money. We're losing a lot of money uh, on this um, on this contract, and Tbaspor will not renew. Um, because it's just it's just been a loss, um, and so that's that's also an issue. RDS is having similar feelings about the. I think they pay a, a million dollars a match for the ones that they um, broadcast the regional um, uh, matchups. Um, so then an article came out, um, and this was from Rajon Tremblay. Um, on BPM said uh, that the Montreal Canadiens, now there's three-year lead time here, Uh, the Montreal Canadiens are working on a streaming network uh, for for the the Montreal Canadiens games. They've heard um, the feedback that, you know, there are networks that aren't going to be broadcasting, um, and uh, they've been paying close attention to this groundbreaking streaming service uh, that uh, that Vegas has has built, um, and they are discussing uh, their own streaming network, uh, not only to present um, Montreal Canadiens games, but also the Jazz Festival and Just for Laughs and uh, any big concert events that happen uh, at the Bell Center through Eventco. So. Um, this is something we're going to be talking about and watching over the next couple of years uh, to see how the Montreal Canadiens' um, um, coverage evolves um, and and maybe becomes a little bit more modern. I will. I for one uh, am all for that. Let's let's make ease of access for watching hockey easier for people, not more difficult. All right, we are going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Still to come, of course, we're going to tackle our question of the week later in the show. Remember, we're wanting to know where you think the Habs are going to finish in the league this season. What place will they finish? Uh, Be sure you leave comments at Rocket Sports on Twitter or at Rocket Sports, uh, the fan page on Facebook. But coming up next, well, in our big topic segment, Michael Spinella, It's going to slide into the studio here with both Rick and myself. And we are going to lay out our 10 bold predictions for the Habs for this upcoming season. You can play along. Grab a pen and a piece of paper. Let's let's all make our opinions heard. (laughs) You're not going to want to miss that. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. We are back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467 369 
In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, LA. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Once again, I'm Amy Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And of course, with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, the site editor for the Hockey News Montreal team site. His name is Rick Stevens. You can find him on Twitter at Rocket Sports. Uh, We actually have another special guest in the studio with us for this segment. Michael Spinell is here uh, as well. You can find him at the Spinella on Twitter. Be sure you're following him there. And hey, while you're at it, uh, make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Visit CanadiansConnection.fm. And hey, while you're there, just remember to tap that subscribe button. Uh, whether it's there or on your favorite podcast app or player, make sure you never miss an episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. Michael, it's good to talk. We're we're all the, the trio. We're all here together. How are you? It's been a while. I haven't <laughs> seen uh, you. I don't think we've been in the same room for a long time now. So this is pretty nice. This should be fun. Well, ships passing when we That's had the right. flood um, and Michael yes. was sent to the bailing crew. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We have a dry studio today, so that's all good. Yeah, you're welcome. We, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, all right. Well, we did this last year, and I think we've all been uh, anxiously awaiting this all summer long to do this again because we had a blast doing this last year, uh, particularly once uh, the end of the season came around and we could kind of do the do the look back to see how how on the on the money we were or how far off we were. Um, and so with, with just a little bit of a short time remaining until uh, the Canadians drop the puck on the 2023-24 regular season, it is the perfect time to make our prognostications for the new season. And so today it is our bold predict- predictions. The Rocket Sports panel is going to unveil our top 10 bold predictions for the 2023-24 NHL season. Gentlemen, have you come with your hot takes and your and your stances? I've got my right takes ready. Right takes. Oi! <clears throat> Throwing down the gauntlet early. Sorry. I, now I, we have sound effects. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, um, we're gonna go through a list of ten questions. Uh, if we do really well, we have we might have some bonus questions mm. to throw in as well. Um, and each of us, I, we're just going to kind of go through, and I'll lead each of us through, uh, and we'll get everyone's answers. They're going to be set in stone, and we'll see how we'll see who ends up next spring with uh, the most correct responses. And play along at home. That's right. Keep track at home. Grab your, a pencil your score and card. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to start off with a big one. Who's going to lead the Canadians in points this season? Uh, and whoever that is going to be, 
how many points are they going to record? Uh, now I'm just going to remind people, last year Nick Suzuki had this with 66 points for the season. So, Rick, let's start with you. Who's going to lead the Canadians in points this season, and how many points are they going to record? I think this is um, probably the most straightforward of the questions we'll be answering um, today. <laughs> um, if he played 82 games uh, last season, if he's healthy this season, Nick Suzuki is going to lead Montreal Canadiens in points. Um, an uptick from last year, in my opinion, uh, to 75 points. We talked about it on the podcast last week about um, Nick Suzuki. In order to get into that um, tier of first-line players, um, first-line centers, he's going to have to be a point-of-game player. Um, doesn't quite get there this this season, um, but uh, is on his way uh, with 75 points. Excellent. Michael, what about you? I'm going to go with also Nick Suzuki. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be as optimistic as 75 points, but a small uptick. I've got him at 68 points. I still think that offense is going to be a struggle. I think, yeah. I think think you're right there. Why don't we just round out this question by all being in agreement? Uh, Because I'm also going to say that it is Nick Suzuki. But you're right. These are bold predictions. Putting him at 80 points for the season. (laughs) I say he's going to, you know, last year, Nick Suzuki was the guy, despite another pretty horrible season, he was the guy who was the bright spot on the offense. I think he'll continue to do that this year. Um, And if Cole Caulfield can stay healthy with him, I think that's where he's going to get that uptick uh, in in his in his point production. So I'm I'm saying Suzuki's going to hit the 80, 80 point threshold. Optimistic. It's a bold prediction. That's what we're here for. (laughs) All right. So continuing with the theme of the offense, um, we're going to start with Cole Caulfield. I'm going to go first this time. Will Cole Caulfield score more or less than 45 goals this season? And this is that's it's a good question. Uh, And I'm going to say more. In fact, I'm going to sorry, I'm going to say less. Okay. I wrote the wrong thing down when I did my prep. I, it's actually less. I'm going to say less. I'm going to say he's at 43 for the season. Okay. Uh, Rick, where do you fall with this? I say um, he had 26 goals in, in 46 games last season. Um, so a ter- terrific pace. Scoring in a full season. He hasn't played a full season yet. 82 games. Um, it, it's It's tougher. I'm going to say less, but just slightly less at 44 goals uh, for the season. Oh, we're just one apart then. All right. So what does Michael Spinella think about this? Oh, I think Cole Caulfield is the best 40-goal scorer to never actually score 40 goals (laughs) as of yet. That's a great point. Um, So I'm going to go with less. I'm going to say 35 goals for Cole Caulfield as we're yet to see him play a full 82 games. Now that's a bold prediction. I like it. I like it. All right, Michael, we're going to come to you first on this one. Alex Newhook, the big, bright, shiny new bauble on the Canadians roster. Is he going to record? Now, let's let's remember last year, he was another one who played 82, all 82 games last year, but only 30 points uh, on his record for last season. So is Alex Newhook going to record more or less than 40 points in the NHL this season? I'm going to go with less again. I'm going to have him at 35 points. 35 points. Okay. 
I am going to be boldly optimistic because of the price tag that they paid for him. (laughs) I'm going to say that he's going to have more, and I'm going to say he's going to have 44 points this this season. Let's see what happens. So, Rick, where does that put you? Well, my answer is he better. Uh, He he better have more than 40 points. (laughs) That's right. For the price they paid for for Alex Newhook, he better have more than 40 points. He's going to get... Um, opportunity. Not that he didn't get opportunity in Colorado, but um, there's going to be more patience, as we've said before, uh, with him. And if he is, there's there's been auditions going on uh, for the top uh, line, um, the the third player to go along with Suzuki and Caulfield in the preseason. He looked pretty good in his audition. If he gets that spot. Um, I expect that it's going to be, he's going to get higher than 40 points. I have him at 42. 42. Okay. I like it. All right, Rick, we're going to stick with you for this, this last uh, kind of sub question under the, the offense for the Canadians. Um, Uri Slavkovsky. Anybody knows that I've been pretty vocal about Uri Slavkovsky this week on. <laughs> Some great on... <laughs> articles, THN.com slash Montreal, THN.com slash Montreal. Articles, videos, podcasts, you name it. I've been a little vocal and opinionated. So Uri Slavkovsky, is he going to tally more or less than 30 points in the NHL this season? Let's remember just 10 points in 39 games played last year. Rick, is he going to. The, is the tall Slov- uh, Slovakian going to get more or less than 30 points in the NHL this season? So expectations were pretty high for him in in uh, year one. Um, and and why wouldn't they be? He's a first overall pick. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be high uh, for him in his rookie season. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it, he, it was an injury-shortened uh, season. And even when he was in the lineup, not that impressive. Um, but other, other players have had rough first seasons and then they've, you know, they've, they've exploded after that. Um, is he going to be, um, you know, a Jack Hughes? Is he going to be, a Alexi Lafreniere? What, in, what end of the spectrum is, is he going to be? Um, I, I don't see him, um, breaking out this year. I, I think more, uh, the things that I'll be looking for is where, whether he can stay healthy and whether he can secure um, a regular spot in the lineup, whether that's uh, on the third line, second line, wherever it is, if he can secure a spot and feel comfortable. But no, he's not. I was gonna, so more or less than 30 points for Slovkowski? Less. Less. Do you have a number or no? Um, I, I didn't. I, okay. did, I don't. That's fair. I don't. That's fair. Michael, what about you? Um, yeah, I think consistency is an issue. Uh, we've seen it in the preseason so far, although he's had glimpses of what he can do. I'm going to go with 20 points, so less. I, I think he's going to have some trouble continuously being a threat, and he might show some flashes here and there, but I don't think it will be that much. I would agree with both of you. I don't think he hits 30 points this year. I say it's less. I think he gets close at 27 and I'll just continue my opinion for this week. I think the only way that he gets 27 points is if he goes to Laval for a little while. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So moving from the offense to the crease conundrum, will any Canadians goaltender win more than 21 games this season? If we remember back to last year, Sam Montembeau won just 16 games 
Jake Allen just 15 games. So will any Canadians goaltender win more than 21 games this season? I'm going to come out of the gate and say no on this one. Uh, Rick, what about you? No. Michael? Uh, it's going to be no all around. Uh, I think especially if they're not going to put Caden Primo on waivers as of yet anyway. Uh. We might have three goalies in that crease, so it's going to go down. Yeah, and this uh, it depends on wh- uh, whether Jake Allen is, is going to be healthy all the way through, if they're going to maintain the even split. Montembeau hasn't looked good in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake gave up a... Uh, a funny kind of goal the other night. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. Not looking good for the goaltending. Not looking good. All right, Michael, I'm going to ask you this one first. Arbor Jacki. Last year, in his 59 games played, he dropped the gloves nine times. He had nine fights last year. Is he going to fight more or less than 11 times this season? I'm going to go with more. I think he could get to the 12 to 13 range. I've mentioned it before uh, that uh, the Atlantic Division has brought in some fighters over the offseason. So <laughs> yeah. you have Reeves, McEwen, uh, Milan Lucic, all of Florida. I think anyone on Tampa is willing to drop the gloves as well. So I think that number is going to go up. Uh, I'm going to say 12 to 13 fights. Well, I'm kind of right in the same area with you. I'm saying more as well. Uh, I'm actually going with lucky number 13. Um, and quite frankly, I could have gone higher, but I, I'm going to take Arbor Jack. I had his word that he's going to select his fighting opportunities more carefully this season. So I'm I'm saying more, but just at 13. Uh, Rick, what, what sayeth you? I'm going to say less. I'll be Ooh. yeah, different. Uh, and, and it's for precisely that reason that you mentioned, that he said he's going to be more selective. Last year, um, in addition to standing up for his teammates, he also had to uh, send a message. So he was mm-hmm. initiating fights. He was um, making his reputation uh, known. Um, and one of the things that interested me, he had nine fights um Last year, only two on the road, seven at home. So it was kind of a crowd-pleasing gesture. Uh, did he need to get involved in the fight, or was he, you know, was it for the Bell Center crowd? Uh, maybe he he needs to do that a little less uh, this year. So I have him at less fights. I'm going to go with an even ten. An even ten. All right. We'll see. Maybe he might he might have he might be dropping the gloves just here and then. I don't know. Um, okay. Defense. We've talked about the offense. We've talked about the goaltending. Let's talk just briefly about the defense. Uh, Rick, I'm going to come to you first on this one. This is defense in terms of prospects. We know that there's quite a logjam for for blue liner prospects for the Canadians right now. So who is going to play more games at defense for the Canadians this season? Matthias Norlander, Logan Mayu, Gustav Lindstrom, or William Trudeau? That's quite a list, um, and you know each of them has looked good at times. William Trudeau was pretty good in the rookie tournament. Um, Logan Mayu had a great training camp, um, uh, and and uh, I think people noticed you know his his uh, offense that he can provide uh, and his physicality. Um, Norlander has um, I think taken a real step since since last season, and and Gustav Lindstrom. Um, you know, he, he, he has been an NHL defenseman. 
in the past. A, a lot of it's going to depend on injuries and and what side of the um, what what uh, shot uh, they they need um, in a call up. You have two left handers in Norlander and Trudeau. You have two right handers in Mayu and Lindstrom. I'm going to go with Lindstrom. Um, he's a little older. He's 24 years old. Um, and he has 128 games of NHL experience. Um, so I think that's going to mean something, and they're going to want to let um, the other um, prospects play a lot of games in Laval. All right. That's a that's a very good answer. Michael, what do you think about this one? You've got Norlander, Mayu, Lindstrom, or Trudeau. Who plays more games at defense for the Canadians this year? Well, unfortunately, I am going to agree with Rick. I think Gustav Lindstrom is the one that plays the most games. If this is really a development season, then you're going to let all your real prospects cook in Laval, and uh, Lindstrom is someone they haven't put any... They haven't really put any, uh, I guess, development into him. That was more of a Detroit project, so he's going to be the one that's essentially a warm body seventh defenseman. All right, that is a perfectly good argument to make. I am going to go on the bold route here, and I'm going to say based off of his camp and how high uh, even the coaches and management staff were, I'm going to go with Mayu. I don't think he stays in Laval very long. I think he comes up for an extended stay. Nice. All right, so this next question... Now we're getting into roster, the composition of the roster and how it might change through the season. And we're going to talk, I'm going to, this will be a bit more of a, a little bit of a rapid fire because uh, I'm going to give a, I, I have a list of players here, all who question mark, are they going to be traded by the trade deadline? Yes or no. Um, so Michael, we're going to start with you, David Savard. Yes. Rick. Yes. I say no. Uh, Sean Monahan, Michael. Yes. Rick. Yes. I also agree. Josh Anderson, Michael. Nope. Rick. I think Josh Anderson is going to be traded um, in in the calendar in in the twenty twenty four calendar year, but I don't think it's going to happen during the season. Okay, and I also say no, uh, as far as before the trade deadline. Right. Uh, Christian Dvorak, Spinella coming to you. Uh, it's another no. Rick? No. I say yes. I say yes. Devo right. goes. Tanner Pearson, Michael. No, I don't think this is a tradable asset. Sorry, Tanner Pearson. <laughs> Rick? <laughs> uh, not traded, but, uh, I think he'll be put on waivers, um, and go to Laval. Ah, I also say no for the reason Michael stated and probably what Rick is saying about being put on waivers. I don't think that he's going to be worth uh, as a, anything as a trading chip. Uh, Yoel Armia, Michael, what about you here? Nope, this is another bad Bergevin contract that you can't move at the moment. <laughs> Rick? Yeah, I agree with Michael. No, he's not going to be traded. And I agree with that as well. But what about Mike Matheson, Michael? Well, they just slapped an A on his chest, so I'm assuming he's in it for the long haul. This is another no. Rick, what about you? I say no. I think he should be traded. I think um, you could get uh, a good p a return for him. Um, I think the fact that he's a spokesperson um, is is going to keep him right where he is. I'm going to differ from the two of you. I'm going to say yes, um, only because as a Flyers fan who saw uh, Jeff Carter and Mike Richards get traded when they were 
wearing prominent letters. We've seen Max Pacioretty get traded when yeah. he was the captain. So <laughs> I say those letters uh, won't necessarily matter when it comes to a business deal, and I think Mike Matheson's going to go. Um, out- Joel Edmondson. Joel Edmondson. There mm-hmm. you go. So here's... This isn't a, a person, but will Kent Hughes acquire another first-round pick before the trade deadline? Michael, what do you think? I don't think he gets anything more than a second. If uh, there's a first-round pick on the table, I think he's going to opt for a prospect. Okay. Rick, what about you? I sure hope so. I'd really like <laughs> um, to see that, but no, he won't. All right. And I um, I say no as well. I, I I don't think that he'll be willing to pay the price now that he's stocking up on, on prospects and so forth. I don't think he's going to be willing to pay the price to get a first rounder. And I don't think that he's got anything that's tradable that would get him that, that he'd be willing to give up. Well, the Canadians have a lot of assets in terms of if the, if if Kent Hughes could package one of these that we we've targeted, um, and with some of, of his, um, his other picks, um, you know, that's, that's the thinking, that's the, that's the discussion out there. Could he, he mm-hmm. get a first round pick, but it's difficult to do in season. It is. All right. Speaking of prospects, let's talk a little bit about a couple of them that, uh, won't be playing with the Canadians this season, but could make some waves elsewhere. Let's start with new goaltending prospect, Jacob Fowler. Uh, and the question here is, is Jacob Fowler going to represent the United States at the World Junior Championships this year? And if so, will he be their top goalie? Um, I'm going to, I'll kick us off on this one. I'm going to say, yes, he's going to to be back at World Juniors. And uh, no, he is not. Go- I, I think there are other U.S. Uh, goaltenders that will, that will, start over him but i do think that he'll be on the roster um rick what about you on this i agree he's going to be on the team um and he'll get some starts uh for sure but um uh, it's likely that trey augustine will be the Mm -hmm. number one for uh for the u.s but a great it'll be a great uh, opportunity and great experience for fowler absolutely michael what do you think about that I agree that uh, this is uh, Trey Augustine's job to lose. I'm going to say no, he's not going to make it onto the U.S. team unless there's an emergency. I I think he's going to get edged out by some of the other prospects. Okay. That's a bold prediction. That's why we We, ask these questions. We like it. All right. um, Moving over to uh, Lane Hudson. Uh, Rick, we're going to come to you on this first. Adam Fantilli was the one who won the Hobie Baker last year. Uh, is Lane Hudson going to win it this year? Yes, uh, he he set all kinds of records as we know in um, in his freshman season. Um, he's going to be a marvel to watch this season, and will win the Hobie Baker. All right, Michael, what do you think? I'm going to say no. It's going to be uh, Habs fans' other favorite prospects. It's going to be one of Will Smith or Ryan Leonard. Ooh. Oh, okay. Bold, a bold prediction again. I like it. And and they tend to like the the offensive players um, when. Yeah, that's just it. Yeah. Well, that's true too. I'm gonna say uh, no as well, but I do think he'll be a finalist. All right. That's that's my the hat trick finalist. There, yes, the <laughs> hat trick finalist. All right, special teams. We love to talk about the Canadian special teams, don't we? And how wonderful they are, or <laughs> or aren't. Uh, you know, last year, the Canadians power play, eh, just 29th in the season. Oh, and their 
their PK was also 29th in, in the in the league. Um, so which of them, the power play or the penalty kill, improves this season? Uh, I'm I'm going to say that the PK does. Uh, the PK hasn't looked. I mean, it's not been great, but it hasn't looked terrible too terrible yet in the preseason for me the power play is never going to improve while alex burrows is still running it so i go with the pk there um michael what do you think i agree with you on the power play i don't think that's getting any better um even in the preseason it's just been awful Mm -hmm. um i think the penalty kill will improve a little bit uh, with having a kirby doc around uh, for another season i think he's a really good player on the defensive zone so all righty and rick what do you think um the the, the quiz master made this a very difficult uh, question because i i i really struggled and went back and forth on this um yes the power play has been dreadful uh because of alex burrows for the most part mm-hmm. but um i think the canadians were actually pretty good um on off uh, on five on five last year, moving the puck and and you know with the talent they have, I've I I gotta think I gotta hope that um, that the power play is going to inch up uh, in spite of of Alex Burrows. <laughs> Just ignore Alex Burrows. Go out there and do your thing. Um, the PK um, boy, they just allow a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. from high high danger spots, and um, I. You know, your best penalty killer is your goaltender, and I don't have any confidence. So I'm going to say um, power play is going to be incrementally better. Bold prediction. We like it. All right. Well, Rick, since you made such a bold prediction, we're going to come to you first on question number 10. This is, and question, this is the big this, one. This, yes. So this is, we said there's going to be top 10 bold predictions. This is prediction number 10. Um, and that, of course, is going to be Overall, how are the Canadians going to perform this season? Um, Brian Wild from Global News Montreal has predicted that the Canadians are going to have an 85-point season. That's a bold prediction on Brian Wild's part. Uh, The Athletic is pegging them to be the 31st place team with 70.8 points. So they're predicting just awfulness. (laughs) More of the same. More of the same, yeah. yeah. So, the question for all three of us, and Rick, we're going to start with you. Will the Canadians finish the season with more or less than 80 points, keeping in mind they they had 68 points last year? So, will they finish the season with more or less than 80 points? And also, what place will they finish in the NHL standings? Well, um, yeah, I think they're very. The, the Canadians are are a similar team to last season, um, but we remember last year was uh, you know again leading the 750 man games lost uh, due to injury. Um, I I can't see them uh, repeating that, and um, and and some of the players will make uh, you know marginal kind of improvements. So. Um, I have them better than the 68 points of last season, but less than 80 points. I have them at 78 points and 25th place in the National Hockey League. Well, we are going to, you and I are going to say the same thing on where they're going to finish. I also say they're going to finish 25th in the league. 
Uh, I also say they're going to have less points. I'm just not as optimistic as you. I say they're going to have uh, less than 80 points, I should say. Uh, just not as optimistic, putting them at 74 points for the season. So a little bit better than last year, but not not quite not quite there. Uh, Michael, what are what are you where are you coming in on this one? Well, I'm going to throw a little bit of chaos oh. into here. I'm going to say way less than 80 points. I think they get 66 points, Ooh. so Whoa. one fewer win. I think they're going to be 29th in the standings, which, to be honest, based on where they are in the rebuild, I think that's what they should be aiming for. Good pick. In order to get Good a draft, draft pick. pick. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's going to be a little bit more entertaining hockey, kind of similar to what we saw last year. Mm-hmm. I still think it's going to be too chaotic, and they're going to be down and out pretty early. Love these predictions. The, the, what what helps them? They have an easy schedule to begin. So, yeah. uh, Canadians fans, um, you're going to be you're going to be watching, and they're going to run. They're going to run a you know three wins in a <laughs> row, and you're going to be sending. You're going to be texting us messages saying, "Look at you guys. You guys are idiots." Five eight five three rocket. Five eight five three rocket. Remember, we're keeping the receipts. We're making notes of all of this. We're putting this out there publicly. We're going to come back at the end of the season and and just see how close any of us were. Um, all right. Well, I promised if 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 we had some really bold predictions that maybe we'd have some bonus questions. And uh, I, I think we did. I think we did. So these are going to be NHL, like league-wide questions. Okay. Some hot takes coming in right here. Who's going to be the first coach fired this season around the NHL? Michael? Uh, well, the real answer to this was actually Mike Babcock, and it happened before the season. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's going to count. Um, no. I'm going to go with uh, DJ Smith. Uh, oh. Obviously, Senators under new ownership. Expectations are there. He's going to be on a shorter leash. Uh, I know Ann Lauer added Steos to the front office. He doesn't have a guy on the coaching staff yet, and I think... Uh, I think DJ Smith is going to be on the shortest leash and he'll be the first to go. Okay, that's fair. That's mm. a good one. Um, and and touche, yes, Mike Babcock, unfortunately, didn't even make it to the season to to be considered. Um, Rick, who are you thinking is the first coach to get the axe this year? The chief. Craig, Craig Bru- Berube. Yeah, with the Blues. Um, I think his, that the, the patience is running out. His His relationship with the, the players was a little tense last uh, season. So, yeah, Craig Berube, uh, the St. Louis Blues. The Anaheim Ducks were awful last year. I think the Anaheim Ducks are going to be awful again this year. And mm-hmm. so I've got uh, – I don't care what they just signed Zegers for. Uh, I think uh, Greg Cronin. I Patrick think. Williams is going to be very upset with you. <laughs> he likes Greg <laughs> Cronin. I know he does, but uh, I, I think they're going to struggle mightily again this year. All right, so that's a good one. Connor McDavid, I think uh, the Quizmaster says the Connor McDavid's going to win the Art Ross Trophy this year. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, yeah. And uh, the Quizmaster also has, if you don't know the Quizmaster is Rick Stevens, then <laughs> we, should just, we should just say that now. And the Quizmaster also believes that um, Connor Bedard's going to win the Calder, and I don't know why. He, I mean, that's he quite a bold prediction. Wrong, I don't, <laughs> it's Arizona really... might have something to say. <laughs> But who's going to win the Vesna? Who is going to win the Vesna? Um, I'm going to take this one first. I'm going to say Georgiev is going to win the Vesna this year. Um, I'm not saying that the Rangers are going to be that incredibly outstanding, but I think Georgiev could have a another really the good year. The Avalanche, though. 
Avalanche, yeah. Uh, sorry, Avalanche, not the Rangers. Yes, I'm thinking Shesterkin, Georgiev. Um, Michael, where are you at on this? Uh, because voted awards tend to be about taking turns, I think the goalie that uh, his turn is going to come up is uh, Ilya Sorokin. He's mm-hmm. not won it yet, and he's had a few nominations, so it'll be his turn. That's 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 very fair, Rick. Where what do you who who do you you've already said McDavid's winning the R. Ross, Bedard's winning the Calder. Who's winning the Vesna on your on your list? Well, I was tempted by the S's, the goalies, the Sorokins, the Saroses, the Shisterkins. Um, but I went a different direction because we know that good goalies come out of Lakeville, Minnesota, <laughs> our dear friend Charlie Lindgren. Um, and that means that it would be Jake Ettinger um, with the Dallas Stars, 24 years old. He had a terrific season last year, and uh, he's only going to have a better season this year. That's funny. I, Ettinger was my first choice on this, and I changed it to, to Georgiev. Um, so we'll see if I end up regretting that. <laughs> no one picked Montembeau. What are you saying? <laughs> Oh, and you could have, that would have, Sam would have kept with your asses. I mean, you know, I had a fantasy draft this week um, and uh, there was 20 teams and 20 players. uh, So half the league was drafted. Um, Sam Montembeau was drafted in the last round, 300 and some odd pick (laughs) in the draft. Yeah, That's uh, very, very. The fantasy players have spoken. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, well, let's uh, continue that S theme, the Selkie Trophy, with Patrice Bergeron not in the league this season. <laughs> Who's going to take their shot at the Selkie Trophy and win it this year? Rick, who you got? I like Barkoff for this, but um, I picked Nico Heischer uh, with New Jersey. Okay, Michael, what about you? I think Vegas has some flavor of the month happening right now, and uh, he's had a nomination before. So Mark Stone, I'm going to go with the winger. Mark Stone. Is anything to do with the fact that he's a former senator? Uh, I'm keeping on the theme of S's, so senators <laughs> and <laughs> sulky. It all makes sense. Touché. All right. uh, I also, uh, I'm going with Rick on this one. I have Nico Hishier down as well. All right, so... Everything comes down to, it's another S, the Stanley Cup. Everything comes down to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, So who are going to be the two teams facing off in the Stanley Cup final and which of them is going to win it, Michael? Uh, So I have one of my teams that missed the playoffs last season, so this is definitely going to be a hot take. Okay, (laughs) I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Penguins in the East and the Oilers in the West. And I think uh, it's going to be kind of uh, an old versus young situation, Crosby versus McDavid, and Crosby is going to win another cup. I think he's uh, coming back with a vengeance after a disappointing season. Now, I was hopeful there that you're going to announce that Canada was going to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, That's not the time. No. Okay. (laughs) All right. We might have to. We might have to throw down after this Spinella if you dare to say that the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to win this. <laughs> this Flyers fan is going to have words if you think that Crosby is going to win. <laughs> All right, Rick, um, two teams who are meeting in the Stanley Cup final this year and which one of them takes it? Um, I I think I, I thought that the uh, Carolina Hurricanes were going to come out of the East last season. Um, I'm, for sure, I think they're coming out... This season, they're going to be a finalist with the Edmonton Oilers, um, and uh, and I'm going to have to go with the Carolina Hurricanes winning the Stanley Cup. Oh, boy. You Canadians don't have a lot of faith in those Canadian teams. We've been hurt 
We've been hurt badly <laughs> yeah, since 1993. 1993, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going for an all-U.S. team final, and I'm saying that uh, Nico Heeshear and those New Jersey Devils are going to be in, in the last ones standing in the East, and Jake Ettinger and those Dallas Stars are going to be the last mm. ones standing in the West. I have a Devils versus Stars Stanley Cup final, and I think Dallas is the one that gets it done. All right. And all right, last uh, but not least. Very different answers in this uh, in this section. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Who's going to secure the best odds of winning the draft lottery? Basically, who's going to be the worst? <laughs> um, I'm going to go first on this one, and I'm going to say they couldn't have had a worse start to the season, and the season hasn't even started yet, so the Columbus Blue Jackets... <laughs> I realize they have nowhere else to go but up from here, but I think it's going to be a rough year ahead for them. Um, Michael, who uh, who do you think is going to have the best odds of winning the NHL draft lottery? Uh, I'm going to go with the Anaheim Ducks. I just don't think that there's anything on their team at the moment uh, outside of Seagrass and Terry. And apparently uh, taking Lassie Thompson off of waivers is uh, an improvement to their defense. So I think that's bad enough to be last in the NHL. <laughs> that's fair. That is fair. Uh, Rick, who's, uh, who's the, 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 the worst of the worst on your list? Well, we, we said there was an S theme going on here. Mm. I'm going to take the Sharks. San Jose Sharks are going to be the worst team in the NHL this season. All right. Well... There's a lot of opinions we've just laid out there, both about the Canadians and some things happening around the league. Um, I think I love that that there were there were some definitely some things that the three of us solidly agreed on. But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of differing Mm -hmm. as well. Lots of different opinions Some definitely some of these predictions qualify as bold. Uh, We we have delivered what we promised. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Michael, so glad uh, that the three of us could get together, and I'm glad that you were able to be here for this segment. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Uh, Nice to catch up with everybody, and uh, hopefully we can uh, continue doing this in seasons to come. Absolutely, and uh, I think we can bet on it that come the end of the season, we're all going to reconvene to see who reigns supreme. Mm. Who reigns supreme? All right, we are going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Up next, uh, we are going to come to you with our question of the week. We want to know, hey, we put out our bold predictions, so let's give you one. What? Where do you think this, the Canadians are going to finish this year? What place will the Canadians finish this year? Remember, uh, Rick said they're finishing 25th. I said they're finishing 25th. Michael says they're finishing 29th. What do you think? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, We're going to get into that in uh, segment three. So stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The Rocket Sports Media team wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. 
Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, log in to THN.com slash Montreal. Your year-round source for anything Habs-related. That's THN.com slash Montreal. And welcome back to episode 264 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hey, don't forget you can follow us at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can visit our website at canadiansconnection.fm. And remember, we mentioned you can text us at any time. Questions, comments, statements, you name it. Send us a text on the Rocket Sports text line at 585 Three Rocket. Uh, this week we had uh, lots of fun content on all of our platforms here at Rocket Sports Media. We'll kick things off with THN.com slash Montreal. If you haven't bookmarked that yet, Rick, people really should have that bookmarked. Yeah, for I this should season. go do that right now. Yeah, would, would you please? Would you please? Uh, it's where you're going to want to go for your daily coverage of the Montreal Canadiens, the Laval Rocket, and Habs prospects. All of our typical Rocket Sports coverage. It's all in one place this year at THN.com slash Montreal. Um, and as I mentioned in uh, the first segment, uh, check out... Um, the Slavkovsky article that was out uh, at the beginning of the week. Uh, there's been some news uh, that's come out as well. I think Chris G has an article that's that's out this week as well. So be sure to check those out for sure. And tell your friends about it. And, yeah. and it's important, as you mentioned earlier in the show, that article, that Slavkovsky article is in English. It's in French. Read it in the language that you prefer. That's right. Um, while you're bookmarking things or subscribing things, uh, subscribing to things, just uh, wander on over to our YouTube channel. You can find that at youtube.com slash allhabs, or just if you're on YouTube, just search at allhabs, uh, and you'll find our YouTube channel. Hit subscribe, hit the notification bell. Um, Habs Hockey Report is the show that I host there every Thursday. This past week uh, talked about uh, Slavkovsky and Reinbacher, basically kind of looking at Habs development and talking about what is the best path for young prospects in terms of their development. Uh, that show comes out every Thursday. You don't want to miss an episode of it um, as well. Uh, perhaps you are one of our Canadians Connection 
consumers who don't necessarily listen to the podcast on a podcast app, but maybe you are watching it right now and listening to it on YouTube. Because yes, if you didn't know uh, the Canadians Connection podcast, it comes out on podcast apps on Saturday afternoons, but then we also put it out on YouTube for our YouTube audience every Monday. Uh, So you can find it both places. So be sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel at All Habs on YouTube. Uh, In terms of our podcast, yes, you're listening to The Canadian's Connection. We certainly hope you've hit subscribed by now. If you haven't done so already, then please take a second to do so. Also, our other podcast here at Rocket Sports Radio is The Press Zone. I host that uh, every Tuesday. You can find that at thepresszone.fm. That podcast is uh, our Laval Rocket coverage. Uh, it's basically kind of Canadians Connection light. It's 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 all about the Laval Rocket and the AHL. Uh, Patrick Williams, of course, joins me uh, once in a while, a couple times a month on that show. Uh, Rick and Patrick are actually going to be on the show this coming week. You are going to want to make sure that you mark your calendar and don't miss the press zone this coming Tuesday because Rick, you're going to be there. Yeah. Patrick's going to be there. Something's got to be happening. The three of us are going to have a great kind of, all right, getting ready to start the start the regular season conversation. And, and? there will be a special announcement made Uh-oh. on the press zone on Tuesday that you're not going to want to miss. Uh, very, very important announcement. So be sure that you check that out at thepresszone.fm. I promised at the top of the show that we had messages from our RSM team Uh, later in the show, particularly this week from our fantasy sports commissioner, Brian. He's got a fantasy hockey message that he he asked you to put out to everyone, Rick. Yeah, well, we have, um, and we've been doing this since, I believe, 2011. We have fantasy sports leagues. We have fantasy football, which are well underway, and I'm doing extremely well at And we have, (laughs) coming up soon, uh, fantasy hockey. And uh, we have a couple of leagues in fantasy hockey. One of those leagues has a couple of spots open. Uh, so if you like to play fantasy hockey, if you like to play fantasy sports and, and maybe you haven't tried hockey yet, uh, reach out to us right away, uh, text us um, or reach out to us on social media because there's three spots open. Uh, but as we record on Saturday, we're drafting tomorrow. The draft is Sunday night. Uh, so you got to get in quick to take advantage of this. Absolutely. So be sure to text us at 5853 Rocket if you are interested in claiming one of the three spots that we have left in one of our fantasy hockey leagues. Uh, or as Rick said, uh, shoot us a comment on uh, or DM on Twitter. Uh, just let us know. The draft is Sunday night at 9 p.m. Um, and as much as Rick wants to boast about how well he's doing in fantasy football this week, um, I, you should just ask him next we week. we got to move on. Uh, um, you should ask him next week how well he's doing because uh, yeah, he and I are facing of off yeah. in our uh, Rocket Sports Keeper League this week. So, so much news at this time of year. I we probably know. won't have a chance to get to it. <laughs> we'll see, buddy. We'll see. All right. Uh, Canadians Connection question of the week. We've mentioned this to you. Uh, and we will remind you, we want to know, we, you heard from all three of us, uh, in, in the second segment where we think the Canadians are going to finish in the standings this year. Well, we want to know what you think, where do you believe the Montreal Canadians will finish in the NHL standings this year? What place are they going to occupy when the regular season comes to an end? 
send us a message at the Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET. Send us an email. Drop us a comment on uh, Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. You just let us know what you think. Uh, fascinated to see what, how the fans are feeling in terms of confidence of uh, what the Canadians are going to do this season. Um, of course, last week, this week it was 10 bold predictions. Last week it was 10 burning questions. Lots of 10 things that start with bees. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a theme that we We like have. lists. We yeah. like lists. Uh, so last week you and uh, Michael reviewed the 10 burning questions uh, that, that the Montreal Canadiens should answer this coming season. Um, and last week the question for, for our listeners was, who has impressed and who has disappointed you the most so far in this preseason? Uh, we had a couple. We we well, we had a ton of responses to that question. Uh, we've picked out uh, a few of our favorites. I'm actually going to start with a couple of comments that we got on our YouTube channel. These are two people who are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on our YouTube channel. Uh, the first comes from Frank Huber on YouTube. He says another interesting show. Much to think about. Slavkovsky is not that critical to the successful rebuild, but yes, the Habs would certainly feel it if he turns out to be a bust. The P word for Slav is patience. Stick him in the AHL for a year or two. Someone there that that agrees with you about uh, sending him off to the Laval Rocket. That is true. I don't think a year or two, but I but I'm glad to hear that someone else does does also feel that some time in Laval would be well spent. Uh, Rajon Demuchel, uh, also from YouTube, he uh, he's a he's a loyal watcher of the Habs Hockey Report uh, show, but suddenly discovered that the Canadians Connection podcast was also now on YouTube. And so he listened to the Canadians Connection podcast for the first time last week um, and absolutely loved his comment, uh, said, first time here, I'm enjoying listening to you, gentlemen. Nothing to see, but everything to listen to. <laughs> Uh, because if you haven't seen it on on YouTube, the Canadians Connection podcast, it's not a video podcast, so you're not actually going to see Michael and and Rick fortunately on, on yeah, camera. Fortunately. I, they both say you're better off that way, but yeah. whatever. So it is a a motion graphic that plays, so that you don't have to sit and be tied to your computer to listen to the podcast. You can just turn it on on the YouTube channel and let it play while you're doing other things. And so Rajon goes on to say, there's nothing to see but everything to listen to. Perfect for cleaning and washing dishes. Your sound is excellent. Oh. So we'll there you go. I like Whatever it. you're doing around the house, crank up the YouTube channel, put it on All Habs, play the latest episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. And Rajon, we thank you very much for, for your loyal uh, viewership on our YouTube channel. And we work hard to get our sound just right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, we also got um, other. Well, we got a lot of other messages. I'm gonna. I I like this one that we got uh, via text. The text number uh, you should know it by heart by now. Say it together: five eight five three rocket. Uh, Ken from Weyburn, Saskatchewan uh, says, and and when you send in your messages, it's really helpful uh, that you give us your first name and and where you are located. Yeah. Um, Ken from Weyburn, Saskatchewan. Habs fans are everywhere. It's, says, my burning question, relating to, to last week's episode, my burning question is, where have you guys been hiding? <laughs> uh, well, Ken, we, we've, um, this is our sixth season of the Canadians Connection, and we've been doing podcasting since 2011. Rocket Sports has, I have 360 before. 
Uh, Ken goes on to say, no, shame on me for not finding you sooner. Great podcast. As far as your question, I want to see more of um, Mayu, Logan Mayu. He's really impressed me in camp. Nice. I like it. Uh, on our Facebook page, uh, we have Bev Sini says, unfortunately, the final roster will be based firstly on waiver ineligibility and second, the cap. Interesting, because that's just what we were talking with, that, yeah. uh, talking about earlier in the first segment. Don't be a surprise if a number of uh, defense, along with Slavkovsky, are temporarily sent down to allow them to keep Price on the roster until they can officially put him on LTIR after the season deadline starts. We may also see Armia put on waivers or even Allen sh- uh, short term. Jake okay. Allen depends on <laughs> on how Primo performs in training camp. So uh, lots of opinions there. But uh, Bev zeroed in on on uh, what we were talking about earlier uh, that it may may there may be other factors other than performance. And Bev also thinks Slavkovsky is going to go to Laval. Mm. I'm just tallying people who are on my side here. <laughs> I, I see. <laughs> Uh, so thank you so much to all of you for your comments and all of all of your comments whom we didn't have an opportunity to read. Uh, be sure to send your messages in 585-3ROCKET on Facebook, on YouTube, wherever you can leave us a message. Leave your messages early and often. How about that? Uh, coming up this week, we know that there is a final preseason game that's going to take place between Montreal in, and Ottawa. At, that's an Or oh, Belleville. Just for, looking at the roster. For La- Montreal oh, well, and, I was and, say, and Belleville. Yeah. And Laval is playing Belleville on Sunday. So mm. um, that game is taking place at 7 o'clock Saturday night in Ottawa. And then... TSN 5 and RDS for uh, viewers. That's correct. And then they start to count. Wednesday night is the season opener for the Canadians. They open the season on the road. Versus a team that you really haven't seen much of at all yet this preseason. Oh, wait, no, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. So you've seen them quite often already. But this one's going to count and it's going to be the rivalry teams opening up the regular season Wednesday night at seven o'clock. So the next Canadians Connection episode is going to talk about that and a whole lot more. That happens on Saturday, October 14th. Michael Spinello will be back. This is the last time for a little for bit. For the that full I'm, show. Yeah, this is the last time for a little bit that I'm keeping his seat warm. So he'll be back. Have no fear. Your favorite host is uh, is going to be here. And uh, just remember, hit the subscribe button. Thank you so much for letting me um, come in and join you today. You're terrific. Thanks for being here. It's always my pleasure. I, I love getting to pop in and say hello to the Canadians Connection viewers mm-hmm. and enticing and bribing all of them to come subscribe to... <laughs> Uh, my YouTube. podcast and my YouTube show. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> shameless self-promotion. I'm all about it. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for all of you listening to the Canadians Connection podcast. We uh, do this every week for you, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next Saturday for another episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. You know it right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports.